0: Hey, Shell Blazers, welcome back to the Business Casual podcast. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Stacey, and I am the co-founder and host of the show, along with my younger sister, Mariana. Welcome back to the Business Casual. Happy 2023. If this is the first time you're ever listening to the Business Casual, welcome. We are so excited to have you here. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. If you're not already, be sure to be following us on Spotify and Apple Music or Google Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts that you can stay up to date and get notified every time we drop a new episode, which is bi-weekly on Tuesdays. Also, if you're not already, be sure to follow us on Instagram so you get all the exclusive content and can be more involved with the Business Casual. Our Instagram handle is at business.casual.podcast. And last plug from me, if you are enjoying the show or if you like the content we put out, please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or on Spotify, it helps us out so much, and we literally do a happy dance every single time you leave us a five star rating or review. Also, happy new year, happy 2023. Welcome to the new year. So excited and so ready for a new year and a new season of business casual, and so many fun guests, including today's Karen. This has been months in the making, and it was so worth the wait because Karen is just so inspiring, so down to earth, has so much knowledge and expertise from her career. I mean, you know, we talk about it in the show, so I don't want to spoil it, but she started Adidas right out of school and from there started really working her way up. She ended up at Nike where she was the brand marketing director for brand experiences. She then moved to Roots as the vice president of global marketing. She was also at Twitter for a few years as their head of consumer packaged goods retail and dining, and to where she is now, which is the head of brand strategy at Google and focusing on YouTube. She's also on the member board of directors for General Assemble Pizza, which is a fast casual pizza restaurant omni-channel here in Toronto. And Karen has experience not only within Canada, but internationally. So Karen really is someone that I look up to, and this episode, I learned so much from her and from her experiences, so I'm so, so, so excited to share it with you. If you like this episode, again, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review, and consider sharing it on your Instagram story or sending it to a colleague or a friend or posting it on your LinkedIn. So without further ado, I will now introduce you to Karen. Hey, trailblazers. Welcome back to the Business Casual Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Karen. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Hi, Stacey. Thanks so much for having me. I'm great. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'll probably say that 40 times from the beginning of this episode, but this has been highly anticipated. I know we've gotten so many questions uh, from listeners to have someone on from big tech, and you have so many experiences and have had such a unique career that I'm so excited to talk about. But before we even begin, I would love to hear how you would describe you know, your career, your personality, and maybe some of your passions outside of work before we talk about career for the rest of the show. Absolutely, I would be happy to.
1: I think my my journey really started in the world of sport, fashion, and tech. if I were, were to choose, Three different industries where I've really honed in across my professional career has been those three. And I think they play really well to some of my superpowers. Sometimes folks have described me as being very curious, very passionate, and I have a ton of energy. (laughs) And I think each of these uh, paths that my career has taken has very much really been able to bring and harness those superpowers across those different industries. Outside of work, I would say I have several passions. I think it's really important to always have things outside of work that keep your, whether it be your creative spirit or getting you to think in a different way than you do during your day job, just to keep you really stimulated is important. So running has been something really important to me over the years. It's been my, I guess, athletic outlet. If you were to ask me, I was a sprinter in school and not a very good one at that. And over the years, I I challenged myself to go into long distance running. And if you ever met me as a child, doing anything long distance was, far beyond my skill set but it was really exciting for me to take up the sport of running and do my first 5k then my first 10k then my first half and I was lucky enough to do a marathon a few years ago and it was a huge accomplishment for me and I think that taught me a lot about myself and pushing through barriers and challenging myself to do things differently that I didn't think was possible. Outside of running design art travel for sure I'm a huge travel buff I really believe in it in so many different aspects and what it does to take you out of your comfort zone a little bit and see and experience new cultures and and cuisine and learn about new people and hear their perspectives on life. I would also say startups have been also a passion of mine over the past few years. I sit on a startup advisory board for a company called BidMe. Bid me is a, uh, they play in the renovation space. So if you think about bid and then me being broken out into two separate words, where you bid on my projects, most of them are in the home renovation space, which is another one that designs kind of ties into my design and love of art and interiors. And so I've been doing that for the past couple of years. I also sit on a board of directors. That's been something new over the past, I guess it's been over a year and a half now. I've been part of General Assembly Pizza and seeing a company, IPO, being part of that process. And then also like, never mind, going through the, the challenges with COVID and what that has done to the restaurant industry and food service industry has been really interesting. And as part of that too, living abroad, being part of an expat community and the tremendous, I guess, value and friendships that I've been able to experience over the course of my career too.
0: I can literally feel your passion and energy coming through as you're telling us more about your passions and I feel like that's really come through in your experiences and anyone that looks at your LinkedIn can see all of the companies that you've been part of and I want to start right at the beginning of your career because I think so often when we see very accomplished women like yourself we look at you know where you are now and it's so hard to figure out how did someone get there like how do if someone wants to be Karen in 20 years like how do they become that so I'd love to know coming out of schooling what did you think you wanted to do? Like, what was your ideal company? What was your, like, dream job or the job that you thought you were going to do later on in your career? I feel
1: very fortunate. I think what really helped me when I was just finishing up my, my master's degree was thinking about going back to your passions. You know, what is it that I love to do? Where, where do I think I could add the most value? And for me, it was always around setting a goal. So when I was actually doing my undergrad, I came to the realization that I love sport, I love design, and I love business. So at the time when I was doing my undergrad, in fact, the dream undergraduate degree for me didn't exist. In fact, it was just coming to fruition and it was around sport management. And now sport management as a degree has been around for a very long time, but when I was in university, admittedly it wasn't. So I tried to create my own degree, (laughs) which was a sport, so I took kinesiology, I also did a minor in business or commerce. And then I really loved graphic design, but I could only declare one minor as part of my curriculum, but I did enough to actually declare another minor in art history. And that was how I weaved in my passion for art and design. So for me, it was very much around determining what is the goal, where are my passions and how can I combine those even though the degree doesn't exist today? So my goal was always to combine sport, business, and design. And for me, that's what I really used as almost like my my mission to give me focus on where I should be focusing my efforts in terms of networking, in terms of extracurricular activities, and so forth. I think the second part, Stacey, to your question was around what companies did I want to work for? And for me, yes, I wanted to start my career working in sport, for sure. If I'm honest, Adidas or Adidas, for those of us in North America, was one of my top companies at the time. And I didn't know anyone that worked for Adidas, but I played soccer a lot when I was in school. And I ended up coaching the U21, a girls team, for many years, actually here in Toronto too. And so I always had this dream of working for Adidas. And if I may, I'm gonna tell you a really quick story because it's actually a a really fun one. So my dream was uh, I was going, so at the time I was in the fourth year of my university and I worked for the faculty club. I went to McMaster University, worked for the faculty club, which is an on-campus kind of restaurant, but you you need to be a member. So it's mostly for faculty and alumni that that go there. And I was working at alumni weekend. I was working at the restaurant, but there was a lot of events coming into the, the facility. And I was done my core jobs at the time. And there was a woman that was putting some flower arrangements on a table. And I was like, oh, I have some time. Maybe I'll just offer to help her out. I said, oh, would you like me to help you with that? And she was really delightful. Her name was Dana. And uh, she said, sure, that would be great. So we got talking. She's like, oh, what are you going to do next year when you when you graduate? where What do you want to go into? And I said, oh, I would love to work in the world of spore one day. That's my dream, I said to her she's like, oh, wow, really? She's like, my sister actually works at Adidas. And I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So fast forward a year and a half later, I didn't do anything with that opportunity. And I look back and I'm like, why didn't I get her details? Why didn't I like follow up with her? So as part of my master's degree, I had to do like an internship. And I kept thinking of this woman who I didn't even remember her name. I remember what she looked like. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to call, because I remember that she worked for the alumni house. I randomly called, I was going to another university. I called the alumni house at my former alma mater, McMaster, and I spoke to the, the receptionist and asked, do you happen to know a woman? And I described her appearance. And she's like, oh, that's Dana. You need to speak to Dana. So all that to say, I ended up connecting with Dana. Dana put me in contact with her sister who was the director of marketing at Adidas, or Adidas. And I cold called and wrote an email to Maria, Maria Visaki, who I still adore and keep in touch with to this day. And uh, she said, oh, it's too bad that you're in school. We're we're looking to hire a marketing coordinator. And all that to say, fast forward, I ended up going in just to have a meet and greet during my reading week, because I thought it would be a great networking opportunity. She told me about this opportunity that they were looking to hire a marketing coordinator. I hadn't finished my master's degree yet, but I had to do MBA courses as part of it. Long story short, there was opportunities to do visiting abroad students. So I could do my, I could still complete my degree, do my MBA courses at other visiting universities. I ended up going to Schulich and to Laurier to do some MBA courses as part of my curriculum and ended up getting the job, interviewing, getting the job and landing my first time, full-time job, working for a career and a company that I loved. So I share that with you because I think it's important, especially for your audience, if I really have a good idea, I think who you're you're speaking to, but never, never say never. Always network, because you never know who you're gonna bump into while putting flowers on a table in this example, because you never know where that conversation could lead. And for me, I am actually getting goosebumps as I'm saying this to you because I think it really, it put me on the map and it got me an an experience and an opportunity that I think played a very strong role in where I am today. So if I can pass along that advice to anyone, I say, always say yes (laughs) to a conversation and helping out because you never
0: know where it may lead. My jaw is literally on the floor because that story is so heartwarming and it is so true. And I think that when you hear it, that opportunities like this exist and you never know what could come from one conversation, it seems so far-fetched. And you're like, that would never happen. Like, that'll never be me. But then you're put in that situation. And I've shared this story. It's not as maybe profound as the one that you gave, but in my first year, I'll share it again in case anyone's new here. I shared it maybe the first year with the podcast. But my first year of university, I had just gotten LinkedIn and I was going to an event and there were four women speaking on a panel. And so I added them on LinkedIn and I sent a note and I said, hi, my name is Stacy. I'm going to this event next week. I see you're speaking. Would love to connect. Didn't think anything of it. The following week one person accepted it. Her name was Nicole Lee. And she responded right away and said, hey Stacy, like thanks so sure much for connecting. Would love to to chat with you. Like let me know if you want to come to the offices next week. And when I had sent the message, I had met Connect on LinkedIn, but she took it as like Connect in person, like as a coffee chat. So she was the senior director of integrated marketing for the NHL. So I found myself at the NHL head offices in Toronto, and I had no idea what was going to transpire from this relationship. And fast forward now, Nicole has been a huge mentor in my life and with the podcast. She's always been a huge supporter, always been there for any type of professional or personal questions I've ever had. And... I would have never imagined that that conversation would have happened like from that initial LinkedIn message I sent. But that's just how it went. And I'm so happy that I had sent that message. And I'm so happy everything worked out the way it did. But I never had the intention. And I think that's also something that students sometimes miss or even anyone in the workplace. Like when we have intention sometimes and we are really, really trying hard, it's not as authentic. And we miss those like genuine, authentic connections. Yeah.
1: Be compassionate and say yes. And I love that, Stacey. I think. You're right. You never know. Like, look, you ended up at an, the head office. <laughs> and like, you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. And you know, it was funny because back then and I, I was thinking about this, knowing we were going to chat today. And my father said to me, he's like, you know, this was just before the interview. And he said, you know, I heard that if you actually get a job at Adidas, you get a pair of shoes. <laughs> and I said, oh, dad, you know, and so when I came back from that interview, and I, I heard that I found out the job, I said to my father, I said, Dad, I got the shoes.
0: That's so You know, cute.
1: It's, it's great. And like, I think you're right. You know, I think always saying yes, and instead of just doing the LinkedIn and actually going for an in-person, it takes a little bit more effort. But look at the, the relationship. And if she's turned into a mentor for you, how,
0: how profound and impactful that, that is for both of you. And mentorship is something we talk a lot about and something I wanted to bring up with you as well. I think a lot of the times conversations, especially for career development, focus on getting the job. We talk about networking, we're talking about like being having good interview skills and professional etiquette and first impressions. I, now that I'm at the end of my undergrad and speaking to a lot of recent grads, it's like, okay, you get to the workplace, you have this first job, and you feel a little stuck. That's how I personally feel. I'm a little bit like, I know what my next move is, but after you start your career, like what? there's no path now. There's no four years you finish your degree and then you can go on to get a master's or you finish high school and you apply to get your undergrad. Like There's no next step. So I'd love to hear from your perspective and thinking back to the beginning of your career, what were some of the most important things you learned in the first five years that you think really helped you kind of start building out your career and how did you navigate that uncertainty of what was next?
1: Hmm, it's a great question. I would say, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier around having a goal. I think always just focusing on the goal. It it, Sometimes it can feel really overwhelming, I think, when you're trying to figure out your entire life and what to do. Like any big task, if you break it down into smaller tasks or milestones, it can be more achievable and relatable and it doesn't feel as overwhelming. Um, I know a lot of folks turn to vision boards. I've heard that's really successful for for a lot. Admittedly, for me, I'm the type of person where if I know that I have something that I want to work on, I just keep it top of mind. But a lot of people put great things on their fridges, for example, or like (laughs) to remind them. And I think that's really important to get after too. I think, you know, you did mention earlier around networking and the unexpected networking and also just being like a good human being. And then the example that I shared with you a little bit earlier, where you help someone out, you say hi to someone in an elevator, like you never know where those conversations can take you. Sometimes it's about putting yourself out there. And I love the example that you shared, Stacy, a little bit earlier. It's about putting yourself out there and taking those risks to maybe go for the coffee chat. Or even though it may take you out of your comfort zone and you feel a little bit uncomfortable, I've always found those moments that make you feel uncomfortable. the opportunities where you grow and learn the most and even though you may be so nervous and like jittering on the inside when you look back to those experiences i've always found those to be very profound too and i think you know we're very lucky in this day and age too where you know podcasts like yours as an example and i listen to a lot of podcasts as well like art of charm accidental creative masters of scale 99% invisible. There's so many that are out there that I think there's a lot of great resources that have really come along over the years. So you don't necessarily have to feel alone. You can turn and educate. Like education to me is always, knowledge is power. I know it's such a cliche, but it's very true. I think it's the combination of educating yourself, surrounding yourself with the right people, putting yourself out there, networking. I, I think all of those things help to create. The focus and then breaking down those bigger goals that you have into smaller milestones and sometimes mapping that out or writing them down you know we have soon like the new year is upon us but it's always a great moment of reflection on what did i achieve this past year what are some things that i want to achieve next year and the same principles i think can be applied when you're entering into the workforce and trying to, I guess, also explore other areas that interest you. And I think in this day and age, what is really important for folks that are entering the workforce out of a university and college is is to remember to say yes, and that not every experience that you do needs to be forever. And that's okay. (laughs) You can learn along the way. And after you've felt that you've learned what you need to learn, you can explore other avenues. And I think when you're, in, you're just starting your career, that I think is a really important mindset to have is that it's not always
0: forever. You're speaking directly to me. This is the exact anxiety I have. And I've had a lot of conversations, especially with my parents about this because, well, when I'm a planner, so for me, I try and plan my whole life out. I know it's not going to happen the way I plan it, but it just gives me comfort try and plan every aspect, which is also why I get overwhelmed because I'm like, the world is my oyster. I need to figure out exactly how I'm going to maximize everything and do everything possible and Say yes to like every single thing and try and be in a million places at once. And then on top of that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for three years. Then I'll go here and do this for five years. And I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I have no idea where I'll be in five years, but it is just this mindset that I have. And so it is very comforting hearing your words of wisdom, especially on this just switch of mindset that it's not forever because it isn't. And I know that it's just for some reason, after being in school for 18 years, you just feel like this next chapter is forever.
1: Yeah. And the other thing too that I've learned along the way is not every progression or step that you need to take needs to be linear or forward. Sometimes also in the spirit of making yourself feel uncomfortable are those lateral movements that maybe you never, you were going to turn down because you're like, oh, you know, I don't feel like I'm progressing if I take this on, but maybe it takes you into a different industry or a different space that you weren't in before. So I think we've been trained as part of our human psychology to think about like linear upward movement is success. And I think we need to retrain our brains a little bit, that it doesn't have to always be that case, because sometimes when you do that, it's not always necessarily the most fulfilling. And does it give you the most joy and pleasure to do that? Whereas if you sometimes, if you have taken a linear movement in a different industry or direction that you initially anticipated, you can also have like some really profound and exciting learnings about yourself and learn maybe a whole different area of business that maybe you wouldn't have been exposed to if you stay kind of on that initial path that you set so i think that is the beauty unlike you know some of our parents generations that were with companies for you know 30 40 50 years which don't get me wrong i think is fantastic But it's more acceptable today to try different areas and industries and roles to really identify where your passions and excitements and superpowers exist. And I think it's important to embrace that and feel really comfortable that that is okay in this day and age and to really find an area that excites you the most. It takes some time to get to that point in your career. (laughs) But once you do, it's really fascinating. And then you just feel
0: even more excited than you than you may have before. And I completely agree. I think there are so many opportunities, especially now a lot of companies might be remote. And so you can work for a company out of Amsterdam and be here in Toronto. Or like you were saying before, there's so many opportunities with different resources, like podcasts or short... Instagram series or YouTube series, there's a lot of different avenues you can learn and grow from that don't necessarily have to be from your within your career. But I know you've had a lot of international experience throughout your career as well. Can you maybe share a bit more of how that impacts your career and some of the skills you learned abroad that you may not have been able to learn if you stayed here? Absolutely.
1: I would say moving abroad and working globally was the best experience of my life. If you ever get the opportunity to move abroad or even move to a different city. It doesn't even have to be like an international move. (laughs) It could be, but I would highly recommend it. I think for me personally, the most enriching part of living abroad was the opportunity to, of course, not only work in a new cultural environment, but also live in a new country where maybe I didn't speak the language. It put me outside of my comfort zone. You know, normal things that, you know, I need to get a new phone plan, for example, I could do that in English, no problem. When I first moved to Germany, being able to do that in German, not such an easy task to do. And it's very humbling to put yourself again outside of your comfort zone into a new space where you don't have any family or friends initially. But I learned so much about myself during that time, both from like a a personal perspective, but also from like a career and professional perspective that if I could do, do it all over again, I would in a heartbeat. I think for me, the skill sets that I've been able to learn from a career perspective living abroad is, is seeing how, how business is conducted on a global level and across so many different countries. When I was working for Adidas Adidas in Germany, I would correspond with you know, the VPs of marketing in every country, from Japan to Brazil, to Korea, to the Netherlands, to Canada, to the US, and so forth. And it was really fascinating to learn about how, what worked in some countries, what didn't, but what are also the red threads and best practices that can be shared globally to make a business successful. And that to me, I think adds a ton of value and perspective to where I am today. And it's also taught me a lot about the appreciation of different cultures and understanding where where people are coming from because I wasn't raised in Asia, but now I've had the chance to work with a lot of amazing colleagues from so many different parts of the world. And I have learned so much from each and every one of them over the years. And I think that's something that I will always hold true. And interestingly enough, you know, I like to find myself when I'm back in Canada, given how diverse we are as a population, which to me is fantastic. I love to be surrounded by, by individuals from different cultural upbringings, because they share so many unique perspectives. And I think that challenges all of us to think very differently on how we conduct business, maybe processes and things that we bring and put into place. I know diversity is a really important topic um, in this day and age, but for me, it's been an important topic my entire career. And it's something I just have had so much pleasure and placed so much value in that If anyone who's listening to this podcast today gets the chance to live abroad and have that experience, I would undeniably tell them immediately to go and take advantage of that opportunity. Working abroad and having, like, never mind the personal side of experiencing new food and, you know, what it's like to live in a new country and to travel to other places is just fantastic. And I think also being exposed to an expat community too is really fascinating. I'm, I feel very fortunate. I have, friends that I have met in all the places that I've lived, and they have moved to different places and so forth, and that has expanded my network in such a positive way, and friendships that I hope will, I will have for a lifetime. So there's so many, I think, I could talk on this subject for a very long time, but from a business perspective, as well as from a personal perspective, I can tell you it's been, it was one of the best
0: decisions I ever made. It is very high on my bucket list and something that is definitely a priority. I was supposed to go on exchange last year in the winter semester. supposed to be in Spain doing a study abroad. Unfortunately, it was canceled due to COVID. So I really still have this itch to live abroad or move abroad, not even abroad, anywhere else outside of where I grew up to experience exactly what you're talking about because I've heard it from so many people, whether it be working abroad or studying abroad or This past summer I had a colleague who was with me at Heineken. She quit her job at the end of the summer and is traveling all throughout Asia and Africa and has been to so many different places and her photos are just beautiful. And she's traveling for five months now and then she's going to go back into the workforce. So she didn't even do it working. She just wanted to travel and see new things and get a new perspective on life and on what her career was going to what she was going to do in her career next. So, Well, I know I, it's not
1: Spain, Stacy, but I think I just read an article yesterday and I can try to dig it up for you if you're interested. But apparently Italy has just passed a new law with Trudeau allowing more opportunities for youth and those that have recently graduated to go and work and have a, a work abroad experience in Italy. So... That might um, be my calling. It might be your calling. I literally <laughs> just read that yesterday. So I may not be Spain, but uh,
0: Italy is not half bad either. <laughs> well, I'm half Greek, half Italian. So I'd be leaning into my Italian heritage. My dad, would be so, my dad would be so proud of me if I did that.
1: Yes, I have Italian heritage as well. And I've lived in Italy for a couple of years. And I can tell you, it's la bella vita for a reason. <laughs>
0: so what is your favorite place? I have to ask. Out of everywhere you've been, maybe we'll do like your favorite place to visit and the favorite place you actually like, lived and spent extended time in
1: well there's so like i loved every country where i've lived for sure from a work perspective gosh this is hard i would say you know germany was a wonderful place to live and work i would say a great quality of life it was really easy it was in the central of europe so if you wanted to travel it was easy to get around from a a personal perspective i love going to places i i guess before covid Uh, i went to bhutan to see the tiger's nest I've been, I've gone to Myanmar as well. I like going to places that are a little bit off the the tourist map radar. That's changing, of course, because there's so many amazing places to to travel. But for me, I love going to places that aren't your typical tourist destinations that are still a little bit untouched by tourism. So I like to see them kind of in the raw state before they get too developed. But uh, there's so there's too many places. I this list would be a mile long if you
0: gave me that time to talk that long. (laughs) I definitely have the travel bug now. I would love to go on a trip soon. Well,
1: hopefully now that the world is opening opening up a little bit more and a little bit safer for everyone that uh, hopefully more people will be doing the same. Exactly.
0: We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our favorite sponsors here on the Business Casual. Listen, it's a new year and A lot of people, when it comes to the new year, have New Year's resolutions and wanna get more into health and wellness and taking care of themselves. And our next partner has a product I personally use every single day, and I started taking AG1 because I realized that I wasn't getting all of the supplements I needed through my diet. At school, it's terrible to say, but sometimes I just forget to eat, and then I will end up just coming home and eating a huge dinner, and realizing that I'm really missing a lot of the nutrients and supplements that I really need to have a sharp brain and be performing at my very best all of the time. So, if you also want to get more into health and want and make it so, so easy for you. Athletic Greens is for you. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. Literally all of the things. Like I said, I personally love taking in the morning. I think it's so- I think it really helps me wake up it gives me tons of energy and it also really helps my digestion so i know that in the morning i take my scoop of ag1 on the way to school i have my very cute athletic greens water bottle which is also so aesthetic and it's a small micro habit with big benefits it's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin d which is also so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight It also costs you less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Again, I think if your goal for the new year is to really do a better job of taking care of yourself and just taking care of your body and putting your health first, then HE1 is exactly what you need. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash business casual. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash business casual to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So you had majority of your career more in the retail side, Nike, Adidas, and then you transitioned and now you're at Google, so more big tech. Big tech, I think, has pretty much been on all Gen Z's top three companies or five companies to work at, at some point. I feel like every single person you talk to, their dream company would be to work at Google. So I know we have so many questions, but I mean, I just wanna ask what drew you? What made you wanna switch industries and why tech?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a great question. I so When I was working at Nike, I was very lucky because I got to work a lot on innovations. So I was working for Toronto, but I also worked for Chicago, the Chicago office, but we did a lot of projects also for the global headquarters in Portland, Oregon. And there was a number of projects, one in particular, where I managed a digital project on my own. It was a globally funded project that I brought to the table. My team and I, we were so passionate about it. It was in the world of running. And we pitched this to Global. We secured the funding for Global and we managed to bring it to life which I think it was that experience in particular of being exposed to innovation, digital products, that really opened up my aperture for the world of tech. And when the opportunity crossed my plate to come and work over at Google, admittedly, I I jumped at it. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of hesitation. Actually, there was zero hesitation, I can tell you that, to make the move. I think it was a little bit of a, I was a little nervous, candidly, because most of my career had been in sport and and fashion, and to make a real transition into the world of tech was a little bit nerve wracking. But then I, I did a little bit of self talk to myself of the fact that I've had a lot of experiences in different industries and across different countries. And I think what Google does an amazing job at is looking to bring new people to the organization that can almost like culture add, add cultural value and new perspectives on the world outside and how that can benefit the Google organization. Like at the end of the day, Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And I think that's really powerful. And all of us can play a role in that in some way. And like I said, I was quite nervous because you think Google and you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> you know um there is some self doubt that goes on especially during the interview process that is quite rigorous but it's rigorous for a good reason because i want to make sure that they're bringing in the right people to the organization to really add the the value there but since i've joined i couldn't be any happier it's just such an awesome environment very collaborative uh, i'm surrounded with probably the smartest people i've ever worked with in my career and let me tell you, I've worked with some pretty amazing smart people over the past uh, number of years <laughs> in the industry. I think too, what I really enjoy, like even last week, we have a lot of different employee resource groups. We call them ERGs and there's the, the women's group and I, there's the Iranian Googlers, for example, that I, I joined a session that they did last week, just around everything that is going on in Iran right now. and. I have some Iranian friends, so this it's a topic that also personally touches me and what the women of Iran are, are doing right now to fight for their, their human rights, which I couldn't be more supportive of. And, you know, being part of an employee resource group, I think, is around inclusion and allyship and, and recognizing the different groups. Of people that we have working at, at Google that all contribute to its culture and its greatness and its ways of working that I think is so important. And that to me is, is really hard to define, but I think it's so important, especially to recognize that that doesn't happen in every organization. and I feel very privileged for that. So for me, the transition at the beginning, I guess you could, as you said, from retail into tech, it was a little bit nerve-wracking, and I, I would say that the, the thing that's been most humbling for me is that over the past like, year, I started in January of this year, and it's probably been the biggest time of onboarding that I've ever had in any role that I've taken because we are a very complex organization in a good way, but it takes a while to learn. And I think when you step into a role, you automatically want yourself to be like you know 120 percent and understanding everything in the way that it works but i've had to remind myself that it's okay to still take that time and and continue to learn and learn from the amazing people that i'm surrounded with not only my team but the larger team and the organization it's been very successful for a very long time for a very good reason and i think also absorbing and understanding how the company has operated is really important and for me I feel very privileged because my team is just phenomenal. They are the best team at at Google. I tell them that as often as I can. And I think it's been like a a really good experience for me just to also remind myself that, wow, it, it takes a while to sometimes ramp up, sometimes longer than you want, but that's okay. And to give yourself that patience. And so for anyone that's new that has started in my team even this past year, I've tried to pass that along to them. Like, be patient with yourself. There's a lot to learn here, and I know that you are going to be fantastic and fabulous. You just give yourself the time and the patience to learn how the organization works and functions and all the great people that you get to work with every day. Because You don't always have that time years from now, but now you do. So take advantage of that while you
0: can. I feel like it's a bit circular to what we were talking about right at the beginning with knowledge is power and always learning. And so when you're entering a new role, you have this really unique opportunity to learn so much from ground zero and take in everything from everyone. I have not started a full-time role yet, but even just starting internships, I can relate to. There's so many people that want to pass on their knowledge and their advice. And there's so many new tables I've never seen or graphs or terms. Entering the beverage and alcohol space this summer, there were so many terms. I had no idea what any of them were. I think by the end of the summer, we had a whole Excel with like 50 acronyms that we'd put together. And so when you first walk in, you want to almost prove yourself. That's how I felt a little bit and showcase my skills and make friends and like wanted everyone in the office to like me and really wanted to kind of be everywhere. But again, it was kind of checking myself and being like, right now, focus on one thing, learning everything, being more of a sponge. And I think that's kind of what you were saying too, being patient with yourself and not putting so much pressure to the f- day one show up and, and it's do everything hard. you want. It's
1: yeah. hard not to put that pressure on yourself again because that's a natural human behavior to be like, I, I want to do great. I want to show them how awesome I am. But sometimes if you don't take that time at the beginning to really learn and continue to ask questions and be curious, then that's where it, it, you kind of get a little bit of a trap. So my biggest piece of advice is exactly, as you said, like, Give yourself the time and be patient so that uh, you can really learn and understand how the organization works before you can then still feel comfortable to
0: add the, the value that you want to. For sure. And I love asking this question, even though I know it's a little bit difficult to answer because not everyone knows what the future holds. But what excites you about your current role or the industry in general? And what are you really looking forward to, especially as we're entering a new year, fresh beginnings? What is exciting you about the new
1: year? Well, there's many things that excite me about the new year. Obviously, the team and continuing to foster the team and work with them, they are so smart. <laughs> you know they, they just blow my mind every day at the amazing things that they do. I think continuing to grow with the team and, and hopefully set a, a really great path for us in 2023. There's been a lot of change in the industry. I work on YouTube specifically in the video business at Google. And for me, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of change happening in the, that space in the video business and YouTube in particular, probably more than there has in the past, I don't know, eight to 10 years. but To me, that is really exciting. I love taking on a new challenge. And perhaps you've heard a little bit about connected TV and the world of streaming. And I admittedly cut the cord on my cable (laughs) in 2010, I think 2012, no, it was 2012, 2012. I cut the cord. That's early, um, you, were a I first, know. you were a first I was, mover there. I was an early adopter. And so I'm really excited to be in this space now because I think finally we are catching up where we should be. You know, I, I've shared this analogy before, but I think it's a really important one with the development. If you look at what's happened to the phone over the years, like you may be a little bit younger to remember this one, but there was like this dial up phone and then it moved to like the giant, like back to the future cordless, like wireless cordless phone. And then eventually we got into the flip phone and then the, you know, the smartphone that we have today. But the same thing. So if we try to think about that in the world of TV, that to me is exactly what's happening right now to the world of television and the world of streaming and connected TV. So actually, I am very excited. There's a lot that we're, we're, that the world and the industry is trying to figure out as it relates to connected TV. But for me, YouTube is at the center of it, and I'm really excited about that the most. And it's, I think there's a lot of education that we need to do across Canada about what is connected TV and how from like an advertiser perspective can that play a role. But to me, this is one of the most exciting topics as I look at 2023 that I get really excited about because we're writing the playbook. We're, we're almost kind of pioneers right now in the world of streaming. And I think from five or 10 years ago, we're going to look back and be like, what do you mean connected TV? Like, of course it exists, similar to like our smartphones. We can't imagine a world without it. So that's something that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about for our team because we're going to hopefully play a a big role in in writing the future of what that looks like in, in Canada and hopefully the industry. I'm
0: a huge YouTube girl. If anyone knows me, everyone knows it. I choose YouTube over many other streaming platforms, and it's so funny. I don't know if I've ever actually shared this in the podcast, but I want to share it with you since you work directly with YouTube. But my sister and I, when we were, I think I was 11, 10 or 11, and my sister was three years old, she was like seven or eight, we actually started a YouTube channel. So Business Casual existed before Business Casual existed. It was called Sister Sass, and we made three videos. We edited them. We spent like three days recording them. Like We were doing segments on like our favorite books and TV shows. My mom never let us post it because she was scared. She didn't know what YouTube was. My mom was like, well, you guys can't post this. We were so young at the time. They never saw the light, of the light of day, but the channel still exists, Sister Sass. If you look it up, it's still there. And there's a photo of my sister and I. And so it's always so funny as we see Business Casual grow now the parallels between the two. So I just wanted to share that because I don't think I've ever shared that.
1: Stacy, I think you I think you need to start going back and posting some new (laughs) live videos there. Sister Stats, I'm definitely gonna check it out.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll revive a, a YouTube segment. But it is also exciting from my perspective as a consumer of YouTube. And obviously as a Gen Z technology is my whole life. It's my schooling, it's my entertainment, it's my social connector. It is literally at the center of everything I do. So It's also very exciting as a consumer to be able to be at the forefront and be able to try everything and see how everything continues evolving and then eventually, very soon, be part of the workforce and eventually maybe even working on these things as well. So I'm also excited as a consumer. Well, thank you for your support. I think, you know, it's interesting too
1: because even our definition of like premium content I think has changed a lot. And this is another topic that I'm really interested in too and I see how it evolves, but you know, we we always associate premium content with really high production value, like like films and so forth. But to me, even the definition I think of premium and what we define, like Stacey, the content that you find valuable and premium is gonna be different to what that is for me. And I think that's really interesting, like as we head into next year to think about of what is our definition of premium content? Is premium really personal content and does the production value matter as much as it used to question mark i don't know the answer to that but it is a really provocative thought that you know
0: myself and the team have been giving a lot of thought to no for sure and right when you said premium content someone that popped into my mind as a creator is someone like emma chamberlain who to me is like top tier youtube content but it's not it's not very premium it's not high quality equipment it's not scripts and sets it's very real and authentic and i'm sure obviously like you said everyone's different definitions of that, but that is very interesting. And but
1: is it premium? True. Maybe. I think it could be, and maybe that's where the definition, and challenging ourselves to think differently of what is premium. Is premium just personal? Is what you find most interesting? And is that going to be different from anyone else? Your sister will have different things, I'm sure, that she really finds interesting and fascinating to watch.
0: Yeah, that is for sure. We have very different, ooh, are very different uh, – my sister's a huge Formula One fan. Our podcasts are different. Our content we consume is very different. We're so similar, but yet so different at the same time. So it's, it's always funny when we compare like, creators we follow or movies we like, and I'm like, how so different?
1: <laughs> well, that's what makes the world an interesting place, right? When we have content to fulfill all the kind of those needs and, and interests that we have.
0: Exactly. Well, Karen, thank you so much for all of your advice. You've given us so many good pieces of advice throughout the episode, but our final question, our classic business casual question, if there's one piece of advice that you want to leave listeners with that you wish you knew when you started your career or that you've been given throughout that's really stuck with you, kind of like your one motto you always find yourself going back to. Such a great question.
1: I would say I have two pieces, if that's okay. Of course. (laughs) My first one, I once heard this, and I thought it really stuck with me, was never confuse who you are with the seat you occupy. I'll say that once again, because it's a bit of a thought provoker. Never confuse who you are with the seat you occupy. And I love that, because I think it really says to be like, no matter where you go in your career, be authentic and true to yourself. And I think that's really important. And the second one, in terms of piece of advice, is something I live by, I try to live by every day. Be humble, be hungry. Always, always go after and be hungry and put in the work that you need to do to achieve your goal, whatever that may be. But be humble while you do it. Because I think when sometimes egos or things can get involved, it can lead you down a a different path than you want to go. So always
0: approach life and your career with being humble, but yet be hungry at the same time. Karen, thank you so much for being here on Business Casual. When someone asked me who I want to be in the future, Karen is the answer. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure chatting with you and hearing more about your career journey and all the amazing experiences you've had. And I'm sure our listeners will relate with a lot of the things that you dealt with and how you overcame them. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for
1: having me, Stacey. I was uh, really excited to be here and I can't wait to listen to more of your episodes in the future.
0: Thank you so much.